Hello, Xers and interwebbers. Welcome to Naive in the 90s, the podcast. I'm your host, Emily. I was a 70s baby, an 80s kid, and a 90s troublemaker. On today's episode, we will be talking with my special guests, Esther and Lily, about teenage pregnancy in the 90s. But first, a quick passage from my book, The Creative Nonfiction, Naive in the 90s, available on Amazon. This reading is going to be just a little bit different than our usual reading. Um, It's going to be a few different snippets from a few different dates because this topic spanned multiple, multiple passages and they are all relevant to today's discussion. So thanks. February 2nd, 1993, Tuesday. Rebecca is pregnant. Like, for real. A baby. Wowzers. August 25th, 1993, Wednesday. Lily's pregnant. About three months, she's keeping the baby. Randy is happy, wants to name it Floyd, girl or boy. That dude is so burnt. November 12th, 1993, Friday. Lily is now, um, let's see, five months pregnant and she got kicked out of her house and she's living in an apartment with Randy downtown. It's small, but cute. She seems happy, but I don't know. I worry about her all the time. On to Esther. She's no longer home either. She also got kicked out. She lives with Calvin now, who's of course living in Westville, so she doesn't go to school anymore. I miss her a lot. I hope she comes back. December 24th, 1993, Friday. Let's see. Oh yeah, Esther's back. And she's also pregnant. I know. What's going on? She's living at Calvin's grandmother's now, which is in town, so she's back in school again. Thank goodness. She misses her family, though. Hopefully they'll come around. Lily is still prego, too. Six months. January 22nd, 1994, Saturday. Rebecca is coming back to school Thursday with Ashley in the baby room. I can't wait. There's at least 20 people pregnant in school. That's insane. What the hell is going on? April 17th, 1994. Lily had her baby. James and I went and saw her yesterday at the hospital. She's so cute. Just a quick note from future editing me, I wanted to apologize for, and of course warn you all about, the upcoming audio. There are a lot of spots where it completely goes out, on and off, and parts where it sounds super, super jumbled. There are a few different reasons for this, one being that this was the first time having guests, and not just that, but remote guests, and in two different states, thousands of miles apart. And we are absolutely not professionals, nor is any of our equipment. And um, we definitely just have a very curvy learning curve because we just, we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Um, Plus, I am just horrible at trying to direct or correct people. But I do promise to keep working on all of it to bring you a better quality show in the future. In the meantime, I hope this isn't too hard to follow, as I truly believe there's some really wonderful information and sharing in the following segment. If anyone has any questions or want words filled in, please do not hesitate to contact me at naiveinthe90s at gmail.com, and I will do my best to fill in any blanks or empty spots. Thank you for understanding and for your patience. Now back to the show. All right, so... Um, all right, I'd like to give a little background before we jump into it. Esther, Lily, and I have actually been friends since elementary school. I moved across town after second grade, and I met Esther in third grade, and Lily moved from a neighboring town and started at our school in fourth. To say that we have grown up together while having many similar and adjacent experiences is an understatement. 
we rode the same school bus, ran with the same crowds, had many, many of the same friends, and were very much often causing hijinks together from elementary school through high school, when all three of us um, had our lives go topsy-turvy when we one by one became 90s statistics and teenage moms. Um, and I would like to welcome Lily and Esther to the show. So, hi guys. Hi. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so the last book passage that I read for this podcast, it talks about how at least 20 people um, were pregnant in school. I assume that I might have also meant that on top of everyone who had already had a baby in our school's baby room, but who knows, because it was a million years ago and it wasn't perfect. But um, I did look up some statistics, and according to the CDC, um, in 1991, out of a thousand women, every thousand women between the age of 15 and 19, there was 61.8 pregnant girls. By 2020, that has dropped to 15.4 per thousand. I mean, it's drastic, the amount of children basically that were pregnant in the 90s um and that those numbers actually only include live births the estimated numbers for um pregnancies in teens that include stillbirths and miscarriages in 1990 peaked at 117.6 out of every 1000 like hmm. that number is insane like that's so many that's over 10% of every female teenager that was pregnant at that time. Like no wonder there were like 20 of them in our school. Um, in Connecticut alone in 1991, there was 40.1 out of every 1000. So we were, we were under the national average, but we were still pretty high up there. Um, by 2015, the Connecticut average went down to 10.1 out of every 1,000. And there's a lot of reasons that they think that the number of teen pregnancies have gone down. Um, one of them, which is interesting to me, is that there's a huge decline in girls having sex, like a, a, a real like 10% difference from then to now. Um, but the biggest things that have made the difference, I think, are the use of emergency contraceptives. They went from just 8% in 2002 when they really started being used to 23% in 2011. So like a lot, like over double. Um, and long-acting contraceptives have been like the IUD and implants and stuff like that. They went from 0.4% in kids, like 15 to 19, 0.4% in 2005 to 7.1% in 2013. So there's been a huge decline. And, um, you know, you guys know there was tons of people that were pregnant in our school. So I just want to start out, um, how old were you when you got pregnant and what made you decide that you were going to go through with having your child? Uh, um, well, I'll go first. So I'm Esther. And so I was 16 when I found out that I was pregnant um, and I decided to go through the um, you know, right, right after it, there was no question in my mind of doing um, anything else other than that. Um, I wasn't living, I wasn't living at home. I moved out of my parents' house and um, I was living with my boyfriend and his family. And mm -hmm. so, um, so when I found out that I was pregnant, um, you know, I, I I was going to go through with it. I, I personally, for myself, my beliefs, I um, did not want to do um, abortion. Um, that was an option for me um, because it was something that this was my responsibility. And 
Um, so I felt that I needed to keep that responsibility. Um, I was offered during the time I was around four months pregnant when one of my sisters was, um, pregnant. And so I was offered to go up to Boston from Connecticut for a or second trimester abortion. And I refused. And then as, um, as it was getting further. My parents, um, they had offered me $10,000 to give the baby up for adoption. Um, they said that I'd still be life, um, but as like an aunt or something like that, because they knew someone right. who would take the baby. And so they offered me money and I said no. Right after that, um, after that, my parents were basically like, well, then you know, um, please make sure not to mention our names, you know, in the paper or anything like that, because it was embarrassment to the family. So, yeah, so, but, um, but I stuck through and, you know, there was, so it was always um, my plan from the beginning, even though it was not planned in the first place. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. I think, I think back then too, there wasn't as many abortions or at least there weren't in our, in our next of woods, I guess there, it wasn't really like talked about at least. Like, I don't remember anyone in high school really, like, everyone got pregnant. It was just like, oh, well, so-and-so is having a baby now, you know, like. Well, I think one of the problems of the 90s is that there was no education at all. It was just something that was not really talked about, you know, for teenagers. And so. How about, how about you, Lily? Um, How old were you and what made you decide to keep your baby? Well, I was 15 when I found out, um, and honestly, I had had such uh, sporadic periods that by the time I found out, I didn't have a choice, so <laughs> that's how that worked. Um, yeah, but like Esther, I didn't, uh, obviously my family did not take it well, and they were going to hide me and then give the kid up for adoption and never speak of it again because <laughs> again mm-hmm. it was it brought a lot of shame on the families you know of that time of, of that generation you know yeah. and yeah. so yeah reflect we reflected them yeah we made these mistakes uh, well first of all we were all unwed and having sex so <laughs> right that there it means that your parents failed and so you know it was hard I know it was I look back now and I'm like I I, I was so pissed at the time but now I'm like I get it guys (laughs) I get why you freaked out the way you did I told I understand like I you know nowadays it would have been different like with my kids I would be like okay whatever you want to do and you know I got you we're fine but back then was just a different time yeah no it, it absolutely was um, but you're, I, I know for a fact, because I know you guys, your parents all came around. What do you think made the shift? What, what went from, oh God, this is such an embarrassment. We can't do this to now, you know, they love their grandchildren. Like what, what was the turning point? Um, for me, so again, this is Esther. Um, <clears throat> so for me, their sister's. When I um, had the baby and was in the hospital, um, one had her baby literally two days before me in the same hospital. Oh, wow. And so, of course, my mom, you know, would go and, you know, visit her. So my, one of my sisters, because uh, I, I have a big family, I have a lot of sisters. So mm-hmm. one of my sisters went to my mom and said, you know what, you can sit there and you can deny you know, um, Esther being with Calvin, all you want, she said, but you cannot deny that grandbaby. Right. Is your daughter's child. So she says, you cannot deny that. And so my mom and um, not in the hospital, but after the hospital, she came to visit. And then... um, my dad was a different story. He didn't communicate with me for a year. Um, oh, wow. But my mom was you know, kind of, you know, like I would go over to my parents' house and my dad would just like 
act as if I was not even there, you know, and the baby not even there. Right. My mom would go and, and take Leo and would put him in my father's arms and, you know, and had said the same thing. This is Esther's child, her son. So you cannot sit there and deny, you know, this child. And so she would sit there and every day and that I was there, she would make my dad hold his grandson. And even though at first he get, you know, Leo and he would just like have him in his arms, but didn't even like, was just like stoic, like I am not doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. And then eventually he wound up breaking down and then, um, you know, kind of interacting a little bit more. Um, as time went on, out of the house, he saw, he saw my son more than he saw some of his other grandkids, <clears throat> which are right. a lot family so he so he saw and he actually got the closest to my son compared to all the other grandkids because we were in their lives so it was like one of the ones where you know he went from not wanting him you know who you are you know like before my father passed away he told my son you know like hey you know you're you're gonna have to be the man to look after the whole family after I go so right, right. You know, so it was, it was kind of a, you know, it was interesting to watch. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful that it went from that to he's, you know, the the man that he leaned on at the end. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Yep. How about you, Lily? Um, we're going to play this game now where everyone should just know that my memory from the 90s is not so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a different podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the 90s. Um, I know that somehow we connected right before I went into labor because I think I was just pregnant and crossing a road and my mom was at the stop like light and I, I didn't even see her she had contacted me later we had talked a bit and they came to the hospital um and they were there for me for that part right. um I and and right out right from the gate like when when she was born it and they put her in their arm like they loved her instantly that was not that we, we still had, had it from a bunch of family members for a while I was like you know uh, She's not going anywhere, so we're gonna kind of have to figure this out. <laughs> but, yeah, we're gonna have to introduce this person that's been hanging around us. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's not even like you know she looked like the rest of us because she has a big blue eyes. Like, where'd you get that kid from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. I got, I got her from her father, <laughs> who was no help at all. I'm gonna tell it. Uh, the, my mother had to come and get me and bring me to the hospital when I was in labor because Randy was tripping on acid. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. room, when he finally showed up, um, proceeded to almost pass out and then the nurses had to clear for him. Oh, God. Yeah. Somehow, I'm not surprised, though. Like, <laughs> no. Like, I, I just couldn't picture him being, like, Mr. Supportive you know, hold your hand guy. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> which is which is really sad. Yeah. Um, so how how about your peers? And I mean like your friends and the general, you know, age group and the people that you were around, how were you how was your um pregnancy accepted or not accepted? Did you lose friends? Did you make new friends because of it? Like how did it change your relationship with those around you? Um, for me, so for Esther, um, <clears throat> it, it greatly changed it because, I mean, the, the a lot of the friends that I had and a lot of, like, so both um, Calvin and I, we would go and we'd hang out, we'd, you know, it was more or less a party scene. Whenever you went anywhere, mm-hmm. you went to a party. Who the yeah. hell is at a party and pregnant? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so basically, primarily throughout my pregnancy, um, 
so they'll go to parties and everything, you know, and, um, but I would, I would just stay in the bedroom, um, at our house. I re- it was his grandfather's house and his mom lived there while the grandfather couldn't know that I was pregnant because if he knew that I was pregnant, I'd probably get kicked out because I was only 16 and under the age of 18 and he was over the age of 18 and there's that whole story mm-hmm. of rape in Connecticut. Um, which was threatened to me um, by my parents. If I didn't go back to school, then they were going to go after him for that. So, um, so so with me going back to school. So, um, so I basically, until the grandfather was known to be like asleep, I, it was kind of like, uh, Anne Frank and the diary thing, like Mm -hmm. where I had to be in the bedroom and kind of quiet until he was asleep. And then kind of come out, had to hide in the upstairs bedroom pretty much. So, so Kevin would be out partying and I would be sitting up there by myself. So that was pretty much my whole pregnancy. You know, I'd go to school, I'd come back. And as soon as I got off the bus, I had to quickly go up to the room. And... So yeah, yeah, fun. That's horrible. That's horrible. It was. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Lily? How did it change you and your peer group? Well, I mean, it was harder for, like, the, the school friends. Uh, it's not like you can just, like Esther was saying, go and hang out with your friends anymore. Like, you can't. Um, mm-hmm. The only problem was is that, obviously, I was dating an idiot, and he would invite people to our house, and I yep. spent a lot of my pregnancy babysitting alcoholics. Um, yeah, and then, like, there was a lot that happened all because of that. Like, and then you, like, I know we were lucky enough to have a baby program where we were that only allowed four. And I, I got in and I was able to bring her to school with me, but like, even then the way people interact, you know what it was, is it was like all the boys all of a sudden paid attention because they were like, Oh, you put out. And it was like, no, no, that's not (laughs) what this means. Also, did you not see what happened (laughs) from that? Yeah. yeah, you know, and it it was just yeah, it, you didn't get to, and that's it. I missed out on everything. I didn't get to go to the proms. I didn't get to go to the dances. I didn't get to go on the trips. I didn't go, you know, yeah, that overnight thing. Yeah, I didn't know they had trips. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I didn't go to any of those either. But I didn't even know they were happening. Esther's like, yeah. I was so removed. I didn't even know it happened. <laughs> No. You were in the basement, remember? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh. Okay, um, did you guys find that even strangers um treated you different or had a reaction to you being young and pregnant? Or not even just strangers, but like even, you know, your teachers or the mailman or whomever, like was it more than just your parents and your friends, I guess? Hell, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Um, I had, so when I got very pregnant, I was allowed to have tutors that would meet me at the library um, and help me write these papers for these classes. But when one of my teachers had found out that I was pregnant, it didn't matter how well written my paper was. Because again, I had a tutor going over the whole thing with me she would be like this is a great paper and she would fail all of my papers oh and then yeah she because i knew i knew why she was doing it like she wasn't hiding it and then there was another one actually the one who ran the baby program she was playing his crotchet <laughs> she, was, she was horrible she was literally saying things like like literally would tell us that we were never gonna amount to anything. Um, we ruined our lives. Like like to our faces. It's not like she was even trying to be so oh, and then forced us to take the child education class where we had to babysit an egg. And I'd be like, I have a whole human child. And you're gonna make me carry this damn egg around all day. <laughs> I'm carrying a human around. (laughs) An egg, really? It was like absolutely brilliant. And of course you would also get 
those side looks if you're at the grocery store or whatever, because everybody's been judged. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, not for nothing, but um, we all looked very young for our age anyways. Yeah. So I'm sure that didn't help at all. I also want to point out that we all still look good for our age. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. I think trauma is good for the skin. <laughs> See, yeah. <laughs> That's why we look so young. <laughs> we'll be young forever. <laughs> for real. Okay, Um. so did you, I, I know not really anybody ever feels like they're ready to be a parent and I'm sure you know being a teenager there's probably another level of not feeling ready but was there a part of you that you did feel ready for were you like once you made that decision that you were going to be a parent um was that like all right here I am now I'm gonna do this and you just kind of jumped into it or did you have doubts along the way and you know, like, how, how did you feel about g- getting into it? Hmm. Well, I think, like, for me, because mm-hmm. a lot of people going through it, it was kind of mm-hmm. like a support group. They, they had at the town hall a support group for parents. Um, right. They had, you know, like, you know, Lily and I, we, you know, we would sit there and, um, you know, um, same thing with Rebecca and because yep. she already had, and so there was, there was that. And, um, I looked at magazines, like I had like the parenting magazines. Um, I don't know. So it was, it was one of those things where you, you really don't know what you're getting into because what it's going to be about like you know what I mean right. so you're just like okay yeah no we got this you know <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah no, that's how it was. terrified terrified I had never <laughs> held a baby in my life until they put her in my arms and then I was even then I'm like uh oh I don't know how to change a diaper I don't know how to <laughs> this and you're and then they're like okay you're all set go home you know? yeah uh, good luck. Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of it is just natural. And you're like, okay, I, I can figure this out. Like, there's only a couple of reasons why she'd be crying or, you know, whatever. I think that the um the thing that made it the hardest for Esther and I was the fact that we were on our own. Like, we weren't living at home. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And at one point, we actually lived uh, in the same apartment building from each other. And yes. that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you sit there and do exercising in your apartment. <laughs> Fitness, come on. <laughs> Remember Sheer Fitness? And it was Sheer. I do. And, and the lady with the really short, short hair. And they were sitting there and they would make us kick our butts <laughs> yeah. yeah well so i mean Please. so release it was hard <laughs> yeah well it's not it's not just that part it was that uh again we were we were in similar situations where we were also dealing with alcoholic drug addicts right uh, right yep so you weren't you didn't have family support and you didn't have partner support, which I mean, yeah. is bo- both of those are separate, you know, extra stresses on top of everything. Yeah, I think that's why, like, we, I mean, we had each other to talk to. And I think, again, too, like, I know I kept what was going on in my house quiet anyway, because um, I was embarrassed and I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want anyone yeah. to know that, you know, he was wasted yeah. constantly. <laughs> All right. So, um, what is one thing you wish you knew before you got pregnant? Well, one thing that I really wish that I knew or someone had told was, um, cocoa butter 
and mm. prevention oh, of stretch marks. Yes. I will be honest. <laughs> the queen of stretch marks. And um, I never once rubbed any kind of stretch mark is cocoa butter or whatever on my mm-hmm. stomach because I didn't know about that. And and it shows. And I so agree. and that and that your boobs were gonna leak. <laughs> yes. Even yeah. before you had the baby, your boobs leak. Yeah, you like yeah. wake up in bed in a puddle and you're like, what in the heck? That was horrible. <laughs> okay. Um what yeah. goal, um did you guys have any goals from before you were pregnant? And like how how did those goals change? And did you achieve any of them or did you just do a 180 and just change everything up? Hmm. Well, my goal changed. I mean, I I didn't really have I I always knew about wanting to be in the medical field. Um mm-hmm. so kind of still right after I had my my son. Um, I kind of let go of those goals at first because I didn't think that was achievable for me. It was about a year after my graduation and my son was around a year old where um, it was actually Rebecca who came to me and was like, hey, you know, because uh, she was going to college and she says, there's this thing called a Pell Grant for single moms that you can take advantage of and you can get go to school and so that you're not kind of stuck, you know, Um and so I looking into it and I started my education um, at that point in time. So, I mean, I was very grateful for, for that grant um, that allowed me. And I, I did wind up going down the path that I wanted to before I was pregnant and all um, even, mm-hmm. you know, so, so, you know, I was able to eventually get my life back on track. And- mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of a, a different route, so to say, to right. to go down. Right. And it was a little bit more. It was a little bit more hard, but right. So, but yeah. So it it derailed for a little bit, but it came back. Yeah, being pregnant kind of throws you for a whole loop. I I yeah, everything just became about the baby, and then um, getting out of that crappy relationship, and then trying right. to figure my life out. I didn't really get my crap together until I was almost 30 and that's when I went to college and mm-hmm. uh, now I have a really good life but uh, there was a lot a lot of time on the struggle bus um, yeah. and th- not knowing what direction to go into you know especially like when you don't go to school right away because then you're like well what and I did I had a, a second child uh, at, at 23 and stayed home with until she was eight so I had been out of the workforce for eight years too Um, right and so you know I was fluent in Dora the Explorer but I didn't really have any (laughs) (laughs) you knew you knew where all of Lou's clues were right (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah and I was afraid I didn't even have people skills anymore but to school and I I tried a few different paths and I ended up on the right one. That's good. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like even though um, the road is a little bit bumpier, I think we all kind of end up where we're supposed to, no matter what, you know, yeah. um, oh, I, I'm sure, I'm sure the traditional route of going to college, you know, on your own as a single independent now, you know, supposed grown up is, um, is a little bit easier because you get that time to explore and, you know, find out who you are. But I kind of also feel like, um, you know, being a parent so young, it does give us an extra layer of, um, I don't know if maturity is the right word, but. You know what I want to know is that I think because, we had all these labels for us that we weren't ever going to really amount to anything. I think it put that extra pressure on us to be better. Like I almost didn't graduate from high school, but when I was 30 and I had to take the Accuplacer test to get into college, I scored a perfect on the English part and I got right into the maths. Like 
And I was on the president's list, you know, most of the time. And it was just, I think it was because of all of that, though. It was always that, like, oh, you're just, you know, first I was like, you're just a housewife, you're home with your kid. Or, you know, oh, you're a pregnant teenager, you must not be that smart. It makes me feel like I had to prove myself. And then it's also because when you're in your 30s and you're going to college with 18-year-olds and they're telling you C's get degrees and you have to try not to strangle them because you want to Right. <laughs> it was like a whole different ball game yeah that yeah. is true and I mean another thing too is that you know having for me having my son so young that we were hanging out with like half the people are dead right now yeah yep. that is true about it. We, so yeah. for me getting my son was basically for me kind of like a lifesaver because he I would have totally went head streaming down the wrong road and probably right. would be dead right now if not yeah. seriously addicted yeah. to you know heroin or whatever yeah. you know you know lord knows what else and you know so um so it kind of you know you know what I had to go through it was really like hey get your ass back on the right track because you're, you know, going down the wrong road. And so, um, yeah, so that was, yeah. that's one of the ways how I see it too. Oh, me yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. 100%. I, I actually tell my daughter all the time that she saved my life because yeah. um, I was 100% in a very bad place. The amount of drugs that were being taken were just not okay. The amount of drinking. I remember maybe a month before um, I got pregnant with her standing in the middle of the road and like not even on the yellow line, but like in the middle of one side of the road on so much acid that I thought there were dragons in the trees and everyone was yelling, you know, get out of the road. And I'm like, why? What are they going to do? They don't want to break their car. They're not going to hit me. But really, there was something in me that was so broken that I was just kind of tempting the fates. And I feel like if I hadn't gotten pregnant when I did, it, I, I wouldn't have survived the year, to be honest with you. Yeah. And like, you know, after, after having, having um, Jessica, I just, she, she turned my life around completely. Like I didn't have a sip of alcohol for like her first year that she was even alive. I like not even look at it because I was like, I, I can't do that. I can't, you know, be that person or, or, or any kind of any, anything I need to be an adult, even though, I mean, we were not adults. No. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, if you could go back in time and change things, would, would you do it or would you do it all over again? Um, I want to change a thing because my son, I, so he, so here I am, I'm 45 and mm-hmm. he is 28 now. He's married. He's um, in the military. He has two daughters of his own now. And right. I love my family to death. And I can't imagine a life without them. So yeah. I would absolutely go through all that I went through back then and be told all the negative things that I was told back then. Shunned all that for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Never change that. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with that part of it. The thing I think I would change would be the part when I told Brandy I was pregnant and he tried to break up with me. I would have let him go. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be it. Keep the baby 100%. Yes, I wouldn't say, you know, that's just it. It's like, it's silly to think about because you're like, that's my kid. I love my kid. Like, and you know, I have a granddaughter now too, thanks to her. Like, I have this beautiful family. Like, that's the child part is not the part I would change. Everything's to redo with the other thing. (laughs) Yes. So it would, you would not change being a young mother. You would change your. Or change, you know, having your kid, it's more, you would change the circumstance or maybe how you went about for your future. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. But I guess hindsight is twenty twenty, right? <laughs> yeah, because if, it was, if I had waited later or anything, I can't guarantee that I would have had him and what I have right now. 
Right. Yeah. Know? Right. Yep. 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 Agreed. Um, all right. So do you guys have any advice for any teens um, who find themselves pregnant or um, ones that are already teen moms? Do you have any advice or any, any words of wisdom to, to give to them? My advice to them. So if they are a teen already that has a child, um, mm-hmm. there is so assistance out there for you. Um, there are people, there are support groups, you know, there are going to be some people that are going to sit there and, and turn around on their heads or whatever, you know, or mm-hmm. whisper things behind your back, but you know, you're not alone. And there are so me- there's so much help out there to help you to still have your goals and, you know, have the family, you know, have a nice stable family. So there's okay. assistance out there. Um, for those who are pregnant, uh, currently, um, again, mm-hmm. that support is out there. Um, there is, you know, some people right now, they may be sitting there and whether they should keep the baby questioning, whether, you know, they should give the baby up for adoption, questioning, you know, whether they should, um, you know, abort the baby. Um, you know, that's, you know, obviously that's a personal choice and all of that, but in all of that there, again, there are there. Don't think you have to make those decisions yourself. You know, you can go to some support groups and you can, you know, definitely talk with someone because the decision that you make is going to affect you for the rest of your life. Um, I had all three options presented to me when I was pregnant. I had the option for a second term abortion. I had the option for adoption and I had the option to keep. And when I sit there and I look back at, I, I think for myself, I made the best option because the other two options I, I would, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life. I, and I can't even imagine what I would be, you know, if things were different. So right. find that support out there alone. Uh, and, um, you know, there, there's, um, you know, you're, you're not less than anything, you know, because mm-hmm. me as a 16 year old mom, I had been able to be successful as a mom. I was a great mom. And there are some people who are in their late thirties having kids and they are, they fail. And, you know, I mean, yeah. you see it on TV all the time. So the time. age does not, just because you're a teen mom, you're a failed mom. You know, you, oh, you can be like a, an amazing, amazing mother. You can be an amazing parent and you can have an amazing son. Yeah. And oh. then you can be a young grandmother, you know, and, <laughs> and be able to go out and do all the things you want to do when you couldn't do it as a teenager. <laughs> and be, instead of being a milf, you'll be a gilf. So <laughs> I like that. So yeah, uh, yeah. What yeah, about you? I, I have to. Yeah, I'm gonna go along with that. That same thing. That there are definitely uh, all kinds of programs out there now to help you with that, with uh, mm-hmm. whatever stage you're in. And uh, I think that. One of the big things I, I want to tell people is that you do not have to stay with the father to be your yes, therapy yes. to figure out that problem is that the reason why I always stayed in horrible situations was because I thought that was the right thing to do. Like you have a baby with someone, you stay with them, you don't, don't do it. Do it just for you and your, your child. And uh, yeah, the, if you're pregnant and you have to make that decision, I know it's a hard, hard one because I, I have two children, but I did have one abortion. And honestly, looking back on all of it, all the decisions I made were the right decisions at that time. Right. Because like I said earlier, if I hadn't had uh, my daughter when I did, I would probably be dead too. And then Mm -hmm. the second one, just I couldn't, I was in a really bad situation. I couldn't have two children in that kind of situation. But by the time I had, my second child, I was in a much better space and I was able to make sure that they, it was um, going to be loved and cherished. So you've just got to 
talk, yeah, talk to someone and make the right decision for you. But there are, and, oh, and take all the help that's offered. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I think that's super like, important. I think people get, it's really easy for people to get into a position where they don't know how to accept help and that it can be really detrimental to, to you to not ask for help or accept it. Yeah. yeah. And I also think it's important to know, cause like I didn't know all the birth control options back then. I knew the birth control. Right. Um, yeah. You know, there is IUDs, you know, and, and a lot of times as a teenager, you may not know that. Like I'll, I'll repeat it again. We had, at least for myself, my sex education was if a guy sits there and says that he loves you, he just wants sex. That's the right. only sex that I ever had, you know? Yeah. No, we um, like birth, remember? Yeah. I don't remember yeah. that. I was probably no. sitting there and doodling in a book or something like that. Oh, they showed us one diagram of a penis that said, don't touch it, and then showed us a baby <laughs> born. And that was the deal. Baby being born. Yeah. I remember the baby being born. I remember watching yep. that video. I remember the videos in like elementary school about like having my period. period. I don't remember yep. anything about sex. I don't no. remember anything about sex. They left that out. I was out of school that day. Maybe they warned my parents nope. and my mom was like, oh no, she's not going to learn about that. You know? Yeah. Told us we'd get pregnant or we'd get a disease. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember passing the m and <laughs> remember that I don't know if you guys remember that like whoever had like the I don't know the, the red M&M or something like that whoever yeah got AIDS yep, yep. <laughs> I remember yep, that I do remember that <laughs> yeah, yeah so I do I know we did remember that so yeah so but like with the contraceptive so you have the pill but there's the IUD there's injections that you can get like you know like every so often you know mm -hmm. um, monthly you have um the injection into the arm like the little um device that the they can put in the arm and then but there's also um the emergency you know plan b which you can buy at i know you can buy it like at a pharmacy um right. which is basically is like birth control pill but it's like in a higher dose can have a period and then the last thing is that if it's within i want to say seven days after having unprotected sex you can go and place not the marina but if you have the uh, paragard place um it's okay. supposed to be in a, another form of emergency contraceptive so you have within like seven days after unprotected sex um you know if there's you know god forbid like a family rape or a rape from a stranger a rape from a family member, a party or something mm -hmm. like that, you can just go and get that inserted, um, you know, within a week. And that is supposed to prevent um, from the egg from attaching. Yeah. So, um, so those are some, some options that a lot, I don't think realize are out there, but it's there. Yeah. I, I totally you know what agree. I wanted to know is, is uh, I don't know what, what the laws are here, but how old, can you be to go to like uh to do something like that could you go to a Planned Parenthood on your own like how young is that um I want to say like out here um in in the state that I live which is in Arizona so out here in Arizona it's 16 um, yeah I think it's 16 too. yeah it's 16 um it might even be younger because I know like you don't at, 16 to 18, you don't need a parental consent. And I think it, if it has right. anything to do with birth control, there is not a parental consent that's needed. So I think younger than that, I'd have to look at the laws, but the laws, I mean, you can just sit there and look at the state laws and stuff and, yeah. um, and just yeah. see, because it, it is, you don't need a parent to go. The hard right. yeah, though, that's the big thing is if we were able to have access to birth control without having to ask our parents, like things would have been a lot different. And again, not that I want yeah. to change I'm just saying yeah. is that, yeah. you know, no, we for sure. had yeah, no, there was no birth closest pan Planned Parenthood was like two towns over where we were, yep. you know, yep. there was none yep. in our town. Now they're like, you know, pretty much, but even like, I didn't know you can sit there and go to any OBGYN. I thought you had to go to a plan. Oh, I right, didn't know right. you could go to any OBGYN when I was younger. You can go yeah. to any. 
anyone who is in like a gynecologist and they yeah. have, you can even go to a walk-in center. You can go yeah. to your towns, like, um, like the community, you know, um, health center. Yeah. Yeah. The community health center, they do women's health and primary care and all that other stuff. And they do that as well. So it's not like you have like a Planned Parenthood in like two towns over and have to figure out a ride. You just go downtown, you know, or, or wherever it is inside of your, yeah. you, you know, your town. So um, it's available. I, I would just like to point out too, um, real quick, with the the morning after pill, they are not as effective for anyone over the weight of 175 pounds. Um, that's not really told or like made clear to a lot of people so it doesn't work sometimes and that's why so just there's a weight limit to a pill there is a weight limit to the morning after pill the plan b Hmm. and it's 175 it it's like not not as effective or i i don't know exactly what it is but it's like it's it's a big difference so just yeah. yeah Yeah, that one, I, I think I only once I had to take that, um, I took that pill once and man, it, it, like my stomach was, I, I've had like serious cramps that day, but yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah I heard, I heard it's not fun, not fun yeah. at all. Make you have the period, come on. It's just like, I- hey, you know. I'm sorry, but you're like wrapping this uterus out of your crotch right now. That's basically what it is. It's like you will be out. Get out. Get out. Okay, right now for the next ten yeah. days. Bye. <laughs> oh, oh God, I'm so glad I don't have a uterus anymore. <laughs> me either. What are you doing? No. Yeah. All right. Let me, um, let me finish up, you guys. I just wanna like ask a couple um, fun questions that have to do with the 80s and 90s to wrap this up, and then that'll be it. So um, just for fun, um, what's your favorite 80s or 90s movie? Favorite 80s or 90s what? Movie. Uh, back. Oh, well, there's, can I say two? So I really liked <laughs> aliens. Like I was an aliens fiend and it was because of, um, of the guy that was in their office, um, Corporal Hicks. So that was <laughs> crush. And then, um, the other one was Goonies. Like who didn't like Goonies? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who didn't love Goonies, Goonies for me too. Goonies. Mm-hmm. Goonies forever. Yes. Goonies never die. <laughs> yes. Um, Okay, so what about a favorite 80s or 90s song? Hmm. I don't think I have a favorite. No? <clears throat> Not even like Baby Got Back? <laughs> well, that's it. I was like, like me too. Mine, mine probably would be Living on a Prayer. I loved Bon Jovi. <laughs> and Living along with the renegades or whatever the heck those were the you know the emilio estevez on the horse oh yeah yeah the young guns yes yes so that (laughs) yeah so so that you know i rocked out to living on a prayer whoa Mm -hmm. yeah definitely but i you know that i had very eclectic music taste that's why i think it would be too hard because uh, you know I, I love me my Beastie Boys and uh, but then I my Slayer posters and then like you know listen to rap and R and B like all of it. Oh, Cool J, he's still hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he is. <laughs> like all yeah, no, it would be too hard to narrow it down to just one. Yeah. yeah, I think it would be easier to like say the ones I I'm over. Like I'm so just tired. Like I'm tired of ACDC and Van Halen. I'm sorry. I know I'm gonna get hate for that, but like, I'm just enough. <laughs> like enough. Please stop playing them all the time. Oh, that. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry about that. <laughs> At least it wasn't living in a prayer. Then we'd be like, all right, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Like, as a matter of fact, I'm going to listen right now. 
<laughs> MC Hammer, come on. Uh, MC Hammer was also pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The middle school dances. Come on. Oh, yeah. Play. We had Kid and Play. play. Uh, salt and Pepper. Oh. Those were our dance songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those dance, those those junior high dances were just ridiculous. And like CNC Music Factory and like the Humpty <laughs> Dance. <laughs> I think that's where I lost some of my hearing because I have like chronic tinnitus. Oh yeah, same, same, same. Especially because our group of people like to hang out in front of the speakers. Yeah, yes, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that was and my ears would be ringing for like a week. So, yeah. yeah, me too. Same. Totally same. Same. It's like the car ride home with my mom. She'd be talking and I just wouldn't hear anything. Just kind of smile and nod. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's that's a naive exactly a naive thing that we did. Oh yeah. Now everyone's oh, yeah. like, now even our eye watches have the decibel things that warn us when it's too high. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, just a couple more. And what was a poster that you had on your childhood wall? Just one? Corey Haim. Yeah. <laughs> so Corey Haim, yes. <laughs> I had Luke Perry over my bed, like on my ceiling, just looking down at me all stoically. Brooding. Yep. I have it too. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, god yeah. Oh, oh, what's his name? Um Sebastian Bach. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Me too. I had I had like the guy, from the guy from Winger too. Do you remember him? Winger. Oh no, Kip Winger. No. <laughs> fucking hairy chest and wild hair. Oh, yes. That explains a lot now, actually. Looking back, yeah, it does. <laughs> you've always had a type. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and um, all right, last one, guys. What would you tell your fifteen-year-old self if you had the chance to? What would I tell my fifteen-year-old self if I had a chance to do it? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a hard one, shit. Um, <laughs> oh, honestly, stay away from Fred. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't even do that because I got my, my my beautiful second baby from my second idiot. Um, yeah. <laughs> leave sooner or, oh my God, I, I can't even be like, start therapy at like 25 yeah no I, I that therapy one i think is chef's kiss yeah. <laughs> you need therapy yeah if i had therapy like in my 20s i wouldn't have stayed as long and i maybe i don't know like i don't know because that's the thing you're always like ah. I love where I am right now. Maybe that's what I should just tell. Like, or, like you're going to love where you are when you're 45. First of all, you're going to be hot. All right. You're going to have a nose. <laughs> and an awesome job and a cool house and three cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I, I like that. So we should all tell our 15 year old selves that our 45 year old selves are hot as hell and cool <laughs> as shit. We that's did right. okay, ladies. <laughs> yes, we did. Not only did we survive, we are thriving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I just want to thank thank you guys so much for sharing your stories and your experiences with me. I really, really appreciate it. Because I know this stuff isn't really. Just so you all know, Dad found a can of Aquanet, so I got a Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) No. I have, like, I have toyed with the idea of doing the bangs right now, like, just to see what it looks like. And, like, I think it's funny that, like, I know there were I know there were eighties nineties bangs which were horrifying. I go, but the, I love that I circled back around the bangs. I have a new love relationship with the bangs. It's different, but also yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
90s bangs and and even the mullet is back. Have you seen the amount of mullets that have been around? I have seen a full mullet I've seen in my life though. I was in a bar and this guy walked in and we all had to stop and look because it was the most perfect 80s. It was like shaved on the sides, curly on the top, curly in the back, just the right length, look like greasy, even had the mustache on and flannel, and I was like, that man just stepped right the hell out of the 80s. Like, look at that shit. <laughs> Oh, wait, you guys are finding your men because half the men that are around here where I live, they're all. <laughs> <laughs> Esther's like, I would take a mullet any day. They got hair? They <laughs> got hair still? What? <laughs> it all fell off their head and went down to their face. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. But thank you guys. Thank you so much. Um, and I don't know. I love you both. Thank you. Thank you. It was and, fun. Um, it was fun, and we should do it again on maybe a happier topic. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Yeah, okay. wait, wait, I want to do one dedicated to where we hang out and party. Okay, so there we go. Um, the first time having guests on here, the audio was not great, or at least definitely was not consistent, and I do apologize for that. I did try to edit out um, most of the gaps and the dogs barking. Um, those were my dogs and then Esther's dogs. So, and then just some random thises and that's and whatever that popped up. I tried to clean it up a bit um, without, you know, changing too much. Um, but yeah, audio was not the best. Um, I'm going to keep working on that as I do have more guests lined up for future episodes. Unlike Esther and Lily, I was no longer in school when I became pregnant. I was actually a few months out of high school. I was technically an adult since I had turned 18 a few months prior, but 18 and 19 are still considered, and rightly so, teenagers. Not just by me myself, but for the base numbers for the statistics from the beginning of this episode. And honestly, even if I was legally an adult, I was very far from actually being one. And although I fully agree with Lily and Esther about how I would never trade either of my kids or our family, having kids so young and unexpectedly did definitely change the entire trajectory of my life and how I went about everything from that time on, and I'm sure how my children's lives were ultimately too. Parenthood is not something to enter into lightly, and it is most definitely not for everyone, and that's okay. The discussion was, in my opinion, great though. Lots of real talk about how hard the day-to-day -day could be, as well as the added bumps in the general path for young parents in general, but also specifically as teen moms who were dealing with extreme, but not even close to isolated circumstances. The realness of the sometimes harshness of reality paired with the overall positive outcomes due to struggle, hard work, patience, perseverance, and of course deep love is truly a testament to the strength of these two women. They have my utmost respect, along with the countless other people that have had to step up to responsibility when they least expected it or didn't think they were capable whether that be mentally, emotionally, physically, or financially. Yet somehow, they came out the other end. They did what they needed to do to get it done. They may have emerged a bit battle-scarred and tarnished, but also stronger, wiser, happier, and hopefully where they're supposed to or want to be, and if not fully, then well on their way. For teens who find themselves pregnant or in a parenting situation, please look into local assistance. Most areas do, in fact, have different programs to help, but also look into bigger organizations and programs nationwide. There are quite a few, regardless of circumstance. 
Whether you need help medically or with food, finances, housing, or even stuff like mental health, childcare, transportation, relationship issues, and way more. There really is a lot out there. You do not have to suffer or go through any of it alone. Ask for help. It is out there. If you cannot figure it out, by all means, email me at naiveinthe90s at gmail.com and I will help point you in the right direction. I am rooting for you, no matter your choice or decision. Just please ask for help from friends, family, programs, anything. So I'm a total geek and can't help it. So I'm going to make a Last Kingdom reference here and close this all out by saying, destiny is all. But destiny is what we make of it. What we do when we are faced with circumstances we are not prepared for. Choices we make, each affecting our lives and those connected to us. Choices that we must make by choosing what is right for us at the time. And following through with whatever may come in the best way possible for a fulfilling and happy future for all of those involved. Life is not easy. It is complicated, often messy and hard at times. But out of the chaos, a lot of amazingly beautiful and irreplaceable moments and connections can arise, making it worth it. Bumps, curves, detours, and all. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Naive in the 90s, the podcast. I hope you come back in two weeks for a new episode. For any questions, comments, feedback, or contributions to the conversation, send me a message at naiveinthe90s at gmail.com or connect with me on social media with the handle at naiveinthe90s on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And of course, don't forget to grab your copy of the creative nonfiction book, Naive in the 90s, now available on Amazon. I'd like to give a very special thank you to my two guests, Esther and Lily. And of course, thank you again for joining. Hope to see you again next time. Peace and love, my dudes.